Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for August 14th, 2007. From the center of the sun in Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Warner, joined each week by the Diz Orlando team, including Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. In this week's show, we'll discuss the top news stories on the Diz, including Disney Cruise Line's decision to reverse the $100 per person tax increase that we discussed a few weeks ago. In their segment, A Couple Things to Do, Corey and Julie Martin will talk about the Segway Tour at World Showcase in Epcot. Kevin Close adds the 50s Primetime Cafe to his list of dining reviews this week. All that plus Roundtable Rapid Fire and listener email on this week's edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Now, uh, we have a few housekeeping items this week, as usual. Uh, first, as I mentioned, we are uh, we are coming to you from the center of the sun. It is as hot as I think it has ever been in Florida in the summer right now. We are breaking Since in, records. In, in, my, in, the, in the time that I've lived here anyway. Yeah, in my eight years, I don't remember it being this I, bad. I do not, I, this is brutal. This is disgusting how and bad And the air it is. quality. The, the sea breezes aren't coming in. We're not getting anything. It's and, like this everywhere. I just spoke to a cousin in Louisiana. Heat. 104 degrees. That's not the heat index. That's the actual temperature. Yeah. Well, I just ran to the bank right before the show, and it was 98 outside. Yeah, I don't and it remember felt it like ever. It, you know, they're, they're saying that you know, a- there are accidents being caused on I-95 because of the heat of the roadway affecting the tires on cars and yeah. causing them to blow. So I heard that, too. I've seen a lot of tires now that you mentioned it. I really I just have to, uh, you know, we, we've said it many times this season, uh, so we don't want to sound like a broken record, but... Uh, we have a lot of resources on the Diz about what to watch for when you're here, when it's hot. So please, please, please uh, make sure before you come on vacation, if you're, especially if you're traveling in the next few weeks, make sure you, you know what to do uh, to keep, a, keep a heat exhaustion uh, from happening. So getting that out of the way, we also want to uh, talk a little bit about uh, emails. Uh, last week in particular, I mean, we were just slammed with emails. It was It's great. I mean, we're not complaining. We love it. But uh, we are noticing that couple of our listeners are getting a little uh, a little irate that we're not reading their emails on on the show not not irate they just you know when are you going to read my email can you read my email and we would love to be able to read everybody's email on the show every week but unfortunately like last week we received over 200 emails so it, it, it was really it's impossible so really and truly um, the easiest way the best way to get your email read is if it stands out from a lot of the other emails we receive um, and I'm not trying to say that any email is a bad email. We we love hearing from everybody. Uh, there's no such thing as a stupid question, um, except the one that isn't asked. So we really do encourage you to keep sending your emails in. But we do se- see some emails that are very similar, uh, you know, asking us our opinion on certain things like what we think of the Mer- Merry Christmas party and uh, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween party and things like that. And there's only so many times we can really answer those. So if you... Come up with something unusual or unique. We have a few unusual and unique ones this week that we want to read. Um, that's always that's always good. And another thing you can do to get your email on the show is, and this has been, I, I've had the hardest time getting people to call this toll-free number. <laughs> um, we have a toll-free number, 1-877-310-9662, that you can call and leave your feedback, and we'll play it on the show. But, you know, we get, we get a ton of emails, but... Everybody's afraid, apparently, to call the toll-free number. Now, Pete, will you play their actual Yes, email? we okay. will actually play their voice, but maybe that's why. Maybe we'll Yeah, they say, don't want to be heard. Tell and us if you don't want to be heard, and we'll... It was either that. I was thinking it was either they, they didn't want their voices on the show, or they didn't think that the, you know, the voicemail would count as, like, you know, toward the, the email prize at the end of yeah. the month. But it does. If we, read, you know, if we play your voicemail or read your email on the show. You, you're in the so drawing. So there's your incentive. So there's your incentive. <laughs> say the toll-free number again. Uh, it's a one eight seven seven. 310-9662 and that will be on our show notes page. This is the last time I'm going to push the toll-free number. If we don't get any phone calls, I'm just to attack with it. Turn it off. Exactly. Julie, Julie we'll call in tomorrow. <laughs> we'll disguise our voices. Yeah. Hi. Oh. Hi. Hi. Yeah. This is Bob. <laughs> Shouldn't have said that. Yeah, that's what you do. You disguise your voice but use yeah. your real name. Yeah. That's exactly what you would do. This is Rob. Sorry. <laughs> I want to know where I, I can to... park my cot. <laughs> <laughs> I have a piece of housekeeping also. Last week I stated that the no or the extra ticket things on the tickets, the pluses, expired 14 days from the first date of uh, use. I was brought to task and told I was wrong, and I am. The pluses do not expire if you purchase the no expiration feature. Okay. That's it. All right. And uh, one more thing uh, before we get to the news. 
Uh, and I wanted to wait to do this until after uh, voting had closed for the podcast awards, which they closed uh, on the 11th. Uh, winners will be announced on the 15th. And uh, just to kind of say thank you to all of you for nominating us and for giving us so much great support uh, over the last year as we've tried to you know, do this show and make it better and, and grow it. Um, we want to do a Listener Appreciation Month uh, this September, next month. And instead of giving away one prize for emails at the end of the month, we're going to give away one each week, each show that we do in September. And as our way of just, like I said, saying thank you, because it really has been, uh, it has been a great year. It has been a great year. You guys have been, you know, it's not hyperbole when we say we really, really appreciate the support you give us, because we do put a lot of work into this show, and, you know, it means nothing if, if people aren't listening. Yes. So September is Listener Appreciation Month. We're going to be giving away prizes each week and we'll be doing some other fun stuff as well we'll uh, reveal more as the time gets closer should we send a mass pm to let people know about it <laughs> stop it <laughs> <laughs> oh please let us send stop one. it i'm not even gonna go there you know what i don't we don't have you know what you know what we don't have to say anything our listeners did a magnificent job yeah i that's why i did not add a word to it i didn't have to they said it they said it far better than i could have so if you don't want to get emails at work, do not register with your work email address. That is all I'm going to say. Okay, now we're going to move out of the news. Uh, number three story this week. Don't get me started Sorry. today, all right? Number three story this week. As expected, Universal Orlando has raised its one-day admission price to $71, matching Disney's recent price increase. While Disney continues to show increased attendance at all four of its theme parks, Universal again, however, is reporting a drop of nearly 3% at its turnstiles as compared to last year. However, the news for Universal is not all bad. While their attendance may be down, their income is up. Universal reported a very impressive 32% increase in earnings last quarter, driven mostly by increases in merchandise and food sales. Now, as for SeaWorld, word on the street is that they plan to keep their prices right where they are at $64.95 per person plus tax which I think is a very interesting decision. There's a, an unspoken rule among the big three in Orlando, uh, SeaWorld, Universal, and Disney. When one raises the price, the other two follow. Now, normally it's Disney that raises it and Universal and, and SeaWorld follow. But what we're hearing, uh, actually a, spokesman for, a spokesperson for SeaWorld said they have no intention hmm. uh, to raise their prices at this time. Now, whether they'll do that later, who knows. But SeaWorld's doing quite well. They seem to be getting pretty good attendance. They're running some real good deals. They have a deal right now. We just passed a billboard on the way here, and I read it. If you purchase a one-day ticket anytime now, it's good until December 31st. Wow. Wow. And wow. that billboard, I just passed it. So Meaning it's current what? Information. Unlimited admission from mm -hmm. now until... Wow. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Can. So, I mean, there's, 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 there's a lot of competition going on in town. Uh, now, while, now, Universal, you, you might think that, you know, why would, if Universal's having trouble getting people into their parks, why did they raise their rate? This price is the price you pay if you go to the gate and buy your ticket at the gate. If you buy in advance, the ticket you would most likely select would be the 80 what is it, $89? $89? $85.99. $86 yeah. uh, 7-day unlimited admission pass, which has not changed. The price on that has not gone up as of yet. Doesn't mean it won't. You know, Universal technically raised their price, but they kept all their big bulk, low discount tickets right where they were. So we'll see. We're going to see how this shakes out. Peter, I think maybe SeaWorld's thinking that they're going to uh, tie their ticket price to the new water park that's going to open in the spring. Or could be. You know, could be. That's right. They have that. They have Aquatica. Aquatic, SeaWorld has Aquatica right. opening in uh, supposedly in March. May. March or March. May? Yeah, March. March. What Disney and what I think what Disney and Universal's done with this seventy-one day, seventy-one dollar one day ticket is it's really symbolic. I don't know how many people show up to a multi-park area and buy a one-day one-pass one-day park ticket anymore. So if you go to if you go to Universal, you have to make that decision: Do I want to pay seventy-one dollars for one park one day, or do I want to get a better price for multiple parks? SeaWorld technically is still only one park at this point. Correct. So seventy-one dollars for one park probably seems a little outrageous. Well, it should be interesting to see what everybody uh, what everybody does. Moving on to the second uh, story this week, a uh, new name for Disney MGM Studios. Meg Crofton, the president of Walt Disney World, announced last week that the Disney MGM Studios would be renamed Disney's Hollywood Studios starting in January of 2008. According to the official announcement, quote, the new name reflects how the park has grown from representing the golden age of movies 
to a celebration of the new entertainment that today's Hollywood has to offer, end quote. The announcement comes on the heels of several planned additions to the park in the next year, including Toy Story Mania, Block Party Bash, Playhouse Disney Live on Stage, and others. And I was reading uh, JimHillMedia.com, and uh, he had some interesting, uh, an interesting take on this. He, he noticed that Disney just re- uh, ju- had just registered the domain names for this new park, a whole series of them, about a few days, Two days yeah. before the announcement was made. Whereas normally Disney is there if they even think they're going to need a name, they're they're reserving these names, they're they're registering these domain names years in advance, and he doesn't think this name is going to stick. He thinks this is a a working title. You could call it Larry's Theme Park, and people are still going to call it MGM. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It's still it's going to be so it, hard not to just say MGM. DHS. It's going to be a long time. That doesn't flow. I thought I had read somewhere <laughs> that the MGM. I mean, they're not connected to MGM Studios anymore, and I, I think they needed to make that go away. That was actually a couple of years ago yeah, there where they some... parted ways with MGM, right. and then the rumor was they were going to make it just Disney Studios. This Disney Hollywood Studios is weird. But you, you, know, you would have thought Disney Pixar or you know, yeah, Disney that... ABC Studio or something. Something like that, yeah. But Disney Hollywood Studios. So uh, it's, uh, it's an interesting, you know, it's an okay. interesting thing. I think they, they they need to revitalize that park. That park has some the great movie ride. You know what would be good? Yeah, I would like to see that updated. Yeah, you know what would be great over there is to also have a Pixar uh, character breakfast for the boys. I had read something during the course of the week that a lot of the character meals and things all are princesses are all princesses. I think the boys like with Buzz Woody. The boys and the men need to stand up and. Start something here and oh. send your letters in. Yeah. Disney we, we just needs to stop to neglecting Disney that. And not, <laughs> not, uh, Go on, Norman Ray. Not, I'm so, I'm so <laughs> infuriated. Union! <laughs> send your cards and letters to Disney asking for a, a Toy Story or a boy's. They really type should of deal. have one. They should. They should. And it, it would be great over in, in MGM, not MGM School, whatever <laughs> they want to call it, Studios. Larry's <laughs> theme park. I'm myself up here. <laughs> Very funny. But. I, that's my sorry. You're right, Bob. Yeah, go you on are. with your bad going, self. Going around with two uh, two grandchildren, five and two, and all you see is princesses everywhere. It's like, that's okay. Princesses are good, but I need something Your voice for the went boys. Up an octave. That was uh, cool. <laughs> you try going around for two weeks. All right. The number one news story this week: after a very vocal backlash from many of its guests, Disney Cruise Line announced last week that it was backing off its decision to charge guests on its two Panama Canal repositioning cruises next year, an additional $100 per person. When it issued the increase two weeks ago, Disney Cruise Line stated that it was in response to a change in the toll structure going through the Panama Canal. At least one Disboards.com visitor did a great deal of investigating and was able to uncover information that cast some doubt on DCL's claim. While DCL did acknowledge the very vocal guest reaction to the increased tax, they have never fully clarified the justification for raising it in the first place. I will say this. They ended up doing the right thing. Their integrity with me is intact. That it was a weird decision. And you know what? It may have even been a valid decision. All anybody was asking for was an explanation that made sense. I think Disney misstepped in a whole bunch of ways. They announced that there was going to be an additional charge with no explanation as to why. When people asked why, they said, well, we'll send you out a letter explaining why. I'm sorry, that's putting the cart before the horse. Yeah, they pulled the trigger too fast. Right. Explain why and then tell us about the increase. And then what happens is once people started writing letters, we we all received these empty emails. Well, thank you for writing to us. We appreciate your patronage, blah, blah, blah. And there was no depth. There was no explanation. There was nothing in this. It was typical corporate crap is what it was, and which outraged people even further. And people started canceling their crews based on this $100 upcharge. And this is an example of it wasn't the, the charge. It was the principle. And I think Disney finally realized it really is the principle. And people really are paying attention. We just can't keep smacking people and expecting to keep saying thank you. And part yeah. of the problem was that Disney's story changed in the middle of this. Originally, the story was that they had changed the way that they were going to... The Panama Canal had raised their taxes for going through the canal. That was the original email that was sent out to everybody who booked on this cruise explaining the increase. After people started questioning it, then it came out that it was because 
the way they were calculating the tax was more. So now the new way of calculating the tax versus the old way of calcul- calculating the tax made this increase. Uh, they had to impose this increase on their guests. Then it came out that they were saying, well, we never originally charged anyone the tax for going through the canal. Okay. Actually, they stated there was not a line item in the original charge for the Panama Canal tax. So, I mean, people who have a brain in their head started to think, so what, this was free? At right. one point it was free and now it's not? So the story kept changing and evolving, and I think people just got more and more fed up, and people canceled, and people wrote letters. And and you know what? I This is going to sound arrogant, but I think it really... The people who got the, the having this reversed, people owe it to the people on the Diz. They organized. They put out uh, emails. They told people who to write to. They told them what to say. They researched the information. Yeah, the they, internet has really changed, folk. Things, you know folks. what? Disney Cruise Line needs to learn the lesson I learned a long time ago. Don't mess with these people. <laughs> okay, you don't mess with these Stay people crazy. like that. You know, there's a there's a certain level of arrogance that Walt Disney World. And I and I say Walt Disney World as opposed to Disney Cruise Line or Disneyland. There's a certain level of arrogance that Walt Disney World is able to get away with because it has such a lock on what it is. Disney Cruise Line doesn't enjoy that same freedom. They can't be arrogant the way Walt Disney World is. There are a lot of other cruise lines, a lot less expensive, that have a great product that people will start going to. All going through the if, same canal. All going through the same canal, Exactly. Um, that are not going to get hit with these $100 price increases and things like that. So as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, Disney screwed this one up, you know, but okay, it's in the past. They made it right. That's all that matters is they they made it right. They stepped it up. They did the right thing. And as far as I'm concerned, their, their, uh, their track record of outstanding customer service is still intact with me anyway. I'm sure there may be some people out there that don't agree, but you know what? Problems are going to happen. Mistakes are going to be made. Nobody can avoid them. We're all human, even the people that run Disney. It's what you do with those mistakes when you realize you've made them. And when Disney realized it hadn't handled this perfectly, it did the right thing. So hats off to them for that. And hats off to the folks on the Diz who, uh, who really, made this, uh, really made this happen. Let me add one more thing, Pete, about how Disney also stepped up and correct, corrected the problem. People who canceled when this first happened, they didn't cancel their reservations. They held on to their reservations and kept them intact, and then they went back and they contacted them and said, hey, listen, now that we've erased this increase, do you really want to cancel? So people could have lost. Oh, they didn't cancel. Oh, smart. We had several of our clients, Dreams Unlimited Travel clients, who they Disney Cruise Line contacted us and said, we did not cancel your client's reservation. Go back and ask them if they want to come back to us now and, and book with us again. Several of them said no. Several, several of them were so mad, they said they'll never cruise Disney Cruise Line again. However, I think that was tremendous. Yeah, I, 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 I think that reaction I think that reaction's extreme. Yeah. I think, you know what, it, it's not like they doubled the price of your cruise and a mistake was made, they corrected it, you know, yeah. take a value. Forgive and forget. Exactly. Just the type of consumer that they are. But allowing them to go back and, and staying on this overbooked cruise and keeping their exact same price in their exact same street, stateroom, I think, was a tremendous hmm. move on their part. Yeah. I do, too. And like, you know, it's we've, we've said it many times in the show in the last year that we are big fans of Disney Cruise Line because, solely because of how they run their business and the quality of the product that they offer. Yes, it's more expensive. It's a more expensive cruise line. But, uh, you know, when Corey and Julie come back from a, a cruise, a 12-day Mediterranean cruise on Celebrity, which is considered one of the top flight cruise lines in the world, and say it, it, it doesn't really compare against Disney. That tells you a lot about what you're getting for what you pay for. So good, good for Disney Cruise Line, good for the guests. So that will do it for the news this week, folks, and we are going to move on to our rapid-fire segment, and I am going to be going first. I'd want to go first me me <laughs> i was well, i was really excited to find this i was really really excited to find this uh we're going to have uh, more details um i still have to find out some more details on this but uh, we're going to have those on our show notes page but uh apparently last year this went on we didn't know about it magical dining month in orlando uh this september about 50 area restaurants participate in this in this program where they offer uh, a prefix menu a three-course meal for either $19 or $29, depending on if it's a top-flight restaurant or a more casual. 
and it does not include that price does not include beverage tax or gratuity. But among the restaurants participating, this is what got me: Emeralds at City Walk, Chop Chop, uh, Beach at Portof- at the Portofino Bay, um, House of Blues down at uh, Downtown Disney, a few other ones at Downtown Disney as well. And uh, you can get more info by going to orlandomagicaldining.com. We'll have a link to them on the show notes page. But this is what probably the only opportunity you'll get um, to sit down and have a three-course meal at Emeralds for $29. It's an incredible price. It's yeah. a great price. and uh, I'm going to look into that. That would save a lot of money. Believe me. Gives you a chance to try places also that you might not try otherwise. And some stuff that's off the beaten path. Some stuff, you know, some of the restaurants, that a lot of the restaurants that are listed are restaurants that are really popular with locals. And so if you want to get, a, you know, if you want to see what some of the more local restaurants are outside the tourist corridor, but still in Orlando, uh, this is a good way to do it. All of the ones you just mentioned are no more than 15 minutes from Disney also. Right. So it's not like, you know, they're on the other side of the earth. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, like I said, we'll have a link to that in our show notes page. And Mr. Varley. I have a rapid fire, and it's for Disneyland. And Disneyland has decided, well, they opened up the Finding Nemo uh, submarine voyage back in June of uh, 11th of this year. And the lines are incredibly long from the time it opens every day. It's... Sorry. He's all choked up. I'm all choked up. <laughs> He's extremely Talk amongst so yourselves. I, yeah, just carry on. I'll give you a topic. The Prince from, of Tides was from the Prince's nor Tides. Discuss. <laughs> Here we go. Sorry. From the from the time we they open up, the lines are two, two and a half hours long. Constantly the whole day. And uh I have a friend that went out there and tried to get on the ride for three days in a row and never got there. It was the lines were wow. just too long. I don't know if anybody why anybody is surprised at this. Does anybody remember Twenty Thousand Leagues Beneath right. the Sea? It was a slow loading ride. This was under the duck category. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, all of a sudden, well, here's the other thing: it's not a fast pass. There's no you don't get a fast pass for it, and you, you just have to stand in the line. So Disney's come I out. I also with heard it. it's like in the sun. It's in the yeah. It's like it's hot, like hot as an oven sun thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But so the the line just goes all the way around, and there's nothing to do. So they've come up with an idea that now you can get in line up to the time the park closes, and the, they will go keep the past and keep the ride open for up to two and a half hours after the park closes. Now they're saying seven days a week. This is getting them an eighth day. To actually yeah, yeah, really. ride the ride. That's and a really cute way of saying this. So, oh, yeah, what are they gonna that do? we screwed up. Are they going to then stop people from getting in line when the park closes? When yes. the park closes, and then that's everyone it. who's in line finish riding finish the ride. Finish riding. So uh, up to so two and a half hours. By 5 a.m., you'll probably five, get on yeah. that ride. The other thing they've done is they're, they're adding these little areas where you can get uh, food, Nemo-themed food. So Sushi. Yes, sushi, stuff like that. Cloudfish. It's like they have these little ports that they're putting throughout Tomorrowland because the ride line just wraps all the way around. So oh, here we come, come to a new port. We get some food. You know, it's a long sushi. Yeah, it's <laughs> like in another land. Popcorn buckets, cupcakes, frozen apple juice. So that by the time two hours, it's thawed yeah, that's out. a long. Yeah, you know, it's a long since line if they do, have to serve food. Yeah. Now, since when do fish eat cupcakes? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're shaped like Maybe fish. they're shaped Maybe like so. a fish. I, Maybe when I, they have their, have their birthday parties at school. <laughs> but on average, they, you know, Disneyland is open 16 hours a day. So they, this is their way of saying, okay, we screwed up, but we're adding an eighth day to the week for you. It's like, huh? I go back to, does anybody remember 20,000 leagues? I know. And I remember that, too. And There was, could be no one in the park. The park could be empty. And there was a two-hour wait to get on 20,000 Leagues Beneath the Sea. Peter Pan was always the second slowest-loading ride right. while the the submarines were open. There's only 20 seats in the submarine. Yeah, you can I know. Only put, okay, I don't know if that's true. There might be 40 seats. Don't, Who cares? Don't send but your you letters can only to Kevin, please. X number of people in the sub at one time. you got to wait for the next sub. It's just a slow-loading ride. 
Surprise. 40s for a real emergency. 20 well, if you want to be comfortable. Well, I think <laughs> I think they need to go back and also add some shade to, for these people because it can it can get Disney has un- to figure out how do we make money out of that though. Unbearable. I've been to the hoopty doo so I get those jokes. Unbearable. Go ahead. Uh that's it for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Captain non sequitur. And they want to know why we Pick on him. I'm going to steal your little thing. I have a rapid fire. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Mine is about High School Musical The Ice Tour. It's a two-hour and 15-minute show that incorporates the song. I can't stand it on land. Does anyone else wish they would all break their legs? Okay, I am helping out all of the young children out there who listen to our show and okay, are High School I, Musical fans. I know. I'm going to get letters. Back off. Hate speech against High School Musical. <laughs> two. Okay, so it's an ice tour, like I said. Um, it incorporates the songs, dances, and wildcat spirit of both of the high school musical movies and stars a cast of world-class skaters. Um, actually, in the Mickey Monitor, if you're an annual pass holder, you have the opportunity to buy your tickets before they're sold out. There's a little code in there that I'm not giving out because I don't want other people to have it. But if you're an annual pass holder, you get your Mickey Monitor. You can find the code. It's a little, you know. It's going to sell out. <laughs> a little hide gonna, and seek. Is, gonna gonna sell out. is it me or does Disney put everything on ice? <laughs> really? I mean, it's like. <laughs> um, <I'm>, uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> they Fish. have stops, dates all over the world. Um, there are actually seven stops in Florida, and three of those are Orlando, Lakeland, and Tampa, which are actually pretty, you no, know, pretty close to Disney World. So, if you're here on vacation in August or September, and you want to take your child, it might be a good opportunity for you. Can we go, Pete? If it's coming to go. Lakeland. It's coming to your town. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Lakeland. Oh, boy. Um, the prices for children and adults are the same. There's no difference in the ticket price. And High School Musical, theicetour.com is where you can go for more information, um, ticket prices, and actually, you know, the ability to purchase the tickets. Another little High School Musical update. High School Musical 2 premieres this Friday, August 17th on the Disney Channel. So either set your DVR, set your TiVo. Your VCR, if you're not so techno savvy. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm sure that all you little high school musical fans are excited, so have fun. Whoopee. Festival of the Masters is coming uh, November 9th through the 11th on ice. They're putting it on ice. (laughs) 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 Okay, that was funny. Send a hate mail to all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Address it, not Julie, Mm -hmm. at podcast. (laughs) Festival of the Masters takes place at downtown Disney West Side, and they basically transform the entire outside area to a, uh, a big art gallery featuring over 150 artists. Um, some of the highlights include the House of Blues Folk Art Festival. They have a lot of folk art artists out there. Um, Central Florida Chark Artists Association. If you've Those never seen cool. that, they do the, like, Unbelievable. transform the, the, side, the sidewalk or whatever. They do that in front of the big thing. Mickey store the last couple of years. Yeah, it's it, taking it's, place. They do that at the Marketplace. Yeah. yeah, the world of Disney. Yeah. There was one guy that did like this big Mickey 3D store. perspective that if you look at it, it looks like it's all 3D. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. It's a really good time, and they hold it in November. We go every year. When it's not blistering hot out. Yeah. So it's really a nice, it's a nice it day. It is a nice day. It takes place from 9.30 a.m. to 5.30 um, p.m. They also have children's activities where they kind of teach the children how to draw their favorite Disney characters, and they, they're going to have some live entertainment performers from Cirque du Soleil. And additional live entertainment. So that's something to look forward to if you're going to be in town. Just a word of advice. If this is something you think you're interested in doing, don't wait till the end of the day because they really do start breaking it down right at closing time. Plus, at that time of year, it starts getting darker earlier here in Orlando. So you start to lose the light pretty early. So it's one of those things that you can't go at 5 o'clock and think, there. well, there'll still be people there. They really do close it up. I also, while we're on that side of the world... If you're if you're into concerts and stuff, you should probably check out the House of Blues website. They're always they always have some pretty good concerts that are taking place. We actually booked one uh, for September. We're going to see Shine Down. Let's see some of the, some the of what the, Shine, <laughs> Shine Down to band. They also uh, some people that are coming: Mandy Moore, Megadeth, Nickel Creek. I'll let you know when I know one of them. Uh, <laughs> Erica Badu. No. Keisha Cole. Erica Badu. Someone save me if you will. (laughs) (laughs) That's Shine Down. Keep reading, Corey. Billy Bob Thornton. Have you heard heard of him? The Black Crows. (laughs) Billy Bob. Billy Bob Thornton. He he has a band. (laughs) He has an album out. Um, Better Than Ezra. Yellow Card. So, I mean, there's a whole list. So, you might want to go to the website. If you're going to be here. Do you want to go see Billy Bob Thornton? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> Will Angelina be there? No. Then I don't want to go. His tattoo might be that but, says Angelina. But that's it. <laughs> that was my rapid Thank fire. Thank you, Mr. Martin. Mr. Close. I have a rumor, Ooh. but we believe it. Okay. The Disney Dining Experience card is going to change next year. What they're going to do is they're going to include an 18% gratuity on the total of your check before the discount and then give you a 20% discount. Huh? So instead of allowing you to tip as you would after you receive your, t- your check, yeah. they're going to automatically add 18% on the pre-discounted price. Yeah, can I ask a question? When did 18% become the standard tip? Never. Never. So they, so they add the 18% and then they take 20% off of right. after that. Correct. Correct. So are we making 2% on that? Exactly. You're saving 2%. However, everyone I know who has this card does the same Tips thing. Tips the 20% Tips back. Tips the 20%. Right. So now the servers are getting less, and now it's making bad feelings of people who buy this card who spend, what is it now, $65? I believe it's $80. $80 for a card. And, you know, it's just more and more Disney ridiculousness. It's just yeah, they waited until I bought mine. Oh, I bought mine. <laughs> I just got mine like a few weeks ago. I just bought mine the other day, and, and then this starts. Change Pete, it. Pete got it. Let's change it. That's exactly what they did. I'm we convinced. got a discount today at lunch. Okay, that's a rumor. Pass. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those rumors that we believe. Right. We're pretty sure. All right. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. John? I have two rapid fires. First is the Year of a Million Dreams celebration is going to be extended for one more year, and it's going to end uh, at the end of 2008. December 31st, 2008. So you still have some time to get those dream wishes. So it's like 26 months of a million dreams. Really? Not as catchy. 2.6 years of a million dreams. <laughs> and the next is uh, GPS technology has been added to all of Walt Disney World golf courses. A full-color smart monitor has been added to golf carts at the four Disney golf courses. Uh, the system provides instant diagrams of each hotel, each hotel of each hole and precise yardages from your cart to the flag stick on every green. Wow. That's important. Is it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just, you you got to know where, you, where your, stick where your is. golf ball is and where you are in relationship. I'm and, just reading it. I don't really know And if then it's you good pull the bad. stick out. that don't really care. <laughs> meets that yardage, and you hit the ball, and it goes off in the woods instead it, of where it's supposed to. In addition, it shows the layout of each hole and advises the yardages needed for your next shot. Hmm. Yep. It's. It says the information is provided through space age technology. It is. Space I've actually age. used the space age was the sixties. <laughs> okay, they really, really need to come up with a new tagline. The system space is. Age I wonder if I can get that for cot cam. The system is available at no extra charge when golf cart when a golf cart is rented. Cart cam has more technology than like the lunar lander. I know it. So. <laughs> But to know where my I telephone am, has more technology than the lunar lander did. Imagine if I knew where I was when I'm doing this stuff. How dangerous you'd be? I don't know. It sounds <laughs> like putting microchip in the fish when you go fishing. I don't know. It just seems kind of like they're showing you where the hole is and you got to figure it out. I think it'd be good for a beginner. No, it, it's good for all golfers. I mean, you get the knowledge of where it is. And some of these courses, I mean, you come in here, you have no idea what the golf course is like, and it has a map for you. So it's a good thing. Okay. Well, thank you very much, John. Thanks, everyone, for your rapid fire. All right. With that, we are going to move on. And Corey and Julie Martin have a segment this month, Couple Things to Do, where they went and did the uh, Segway Tour at World Showcase at Epcot, and they're here to report back on that for us. How was it? It was great. But actually, I wanted to talk about how I got the idea just real quick. Um, Claudia Robar, one of our listeners, um, she sent an email sending me her address for her t-shirt and at the bottom she gave me a little note and said you know if you ever need a good idea for your couple segment do the segway tour at the world showcase at epcot so i told Corey about it <laughs> next thing i know we were booked for today <laughs> <laughs> like we're doing it before the podcast really <laughs> so just wanted to give her a little plug for mentioning that for us we we, we absolutely loved it we had a great time we didn't want to get off there. no um, i told Corey, i wish that we could have gone like a little crazier and not had to follow in the line <laughs> but there there are a few times you can choose from it uh this takes place daily 745, 830, 9 o'clock, 930. We chose 930. Of course. Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they didn't have one at 2 p.m. Yeah. Exactly. The, the tour around the, the World Showcase, it takes two hours from start to finish, not touring the World Showcase. You have an hour of like a, a little training it, session. Training session. And then you go around the World Showcase. It's $85 per person. 
They're, they do offer a 15% discount for annual pass holders, AAA, and a 20% discount for DVC and Disney Visa. And you have to be a minimum age of 16, and you have to be over 100 pounds or under 250 pounds. So with that said, we uh, are... Did you, do, little... you ride together? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to make Could you way. imagine that? No, <laughs> we rode separately, but it was fun. I would need two. I was really apprehensive about it uh, because yeah, I need a segue on each foot. <laughs> just and because it's called roller skates. <laughs> I was a little apprehensive just because I don't roller skate or you know inline skate or any sort of activity like that. I'm not capable of it. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I'm right there with so, you. So the first question I asked the guy was, is it really easy to fall off? You know, I don't want to like injure myself in front of all these people on the Segway. But, you know, once we got on it, I mean, you really, you just feel with your body which way you needed to go to steady yourself or to turn. And it was actually a lot easier than I thought. And we had a good time. We actually, you have to meet at guest relations in the front of the park, um, inside the park, but on the left-hand side, and then your, your tour guide meets, meets the whole group there and brings you over to Interventions West um, at the whole Segway area. How many people in your group? Ten. That's a maximum. Uh, and we had a full group. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they show you a little video and stuff like that, and you've got to pick out a helmet. You have to wear a bike helmet. He said that's mainly the hardest part for people to put the helmet on. <laughs> really? Do we have pictures? <laughs> we do yes. have pictures. We posted us. So we also got a neat little parting gift. They gave us a pin. Awesome. And look, the little guy rolls. Make him roll. Hold on. Oh, how cute! Julie brings props to the <laughs> podcast. Yeah, really. Cool. So now, when it's you go around, neat. when you go around World Showcase, do you stop at areas, or do you just yeah. zip along? You do, you do stop at areas. The um, and they take you almost like on an obstacle course, like we did, like uh, <laughs> in in Italy. You know, they have the columns. They made us go in and out of the columns. That's cool. Before before they bring you out of interventions, the interventions, Bob. They actually, uh, <laughs> Thank you. you go through little mini obstacle courses inside the building. There's a little cone course, and they you do that, and then they, there's, they'll put a little obstacle in front of you and teach you how to get off the Segway and, and kind of get Maneuver, it over the, yeah. over the obstacle. They'll bring you up a ramp and coming down a ramp. So a lot of the things that you're going to do in the World Showcase, you do inside first, and, they, and they're there to, to help you get off. They make sure you feel really comfortable before they take you out there. We the, were in there for 45 minutes to yeah, an hour. That's about half of your tours, is that whole intro. It, it, was, it was a lot of fun. By the time we left, we were, we were ready. Like, but we did go. stop. Um, I know we stopped in England, Italy, Morocco. And like he would tell us a little bit about you know, certain aspects. Like in Morocco, you noticed all the architecture and the, the artwork. There were no faces or animals because only Allah can create people animals things like that not to not to go off subject here but did you ride back in the back area of morocco through the little sort of prefab town yes yeah, yeah, yeah. that is one of the best areas of yeah, Epcot that i think is hidden it yeah. is it really is i'm wonderfully detailed yeah, and i'm sorry yeah we actually started off at mexico and worked our way around and any anywhere there was an obstacle course we kind of you know he called it what co- column slalom yeah <laughs> and uh, i was really good at that <laughs> and the world showcase wasn't um it wasn't open yet by the time we got there, we got there around. I mean, there were a few people straggling because they were apparently waiting for things to open. But they rope it off at Norway. So once you, you get past it, you have the whole world showcase to yourself, just the segues. So come 11 o'clock, they open it. So people started kind of strolling in towards the last part of our, uh, our tour. And we had people of all ages. There was probably one girl who was probably 16 or 17 and her yeah. family, her parents, and then um, another young couple. And then you had some older people as well. Yeah. Nobody fell. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they've also gotten a lot better with the technology on the Segways now as opposed to what they were a few years ago I when they first one. came out. I told yeah. Corey, second car, well, no way. I'm going to Segways. What are they like? They're like seven, eight thousand dollars Five. five, five. Aren't, okay. You can get a get an old model on uh, eBay. There is, there's actually a uh, store in Celebration. They sell carts and they sell used oh, Segways. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You can buy them with like... Off-road tires. Yeah, that's what we want. Well, John they, and I did. This we want to take them and go to Key West. <laughs> we did it in, um, on Castaway Key one time. It was like fifteen dollars, and you had like ten minutes. Yeah, but you know, they like they put telephone poles on the dock, and you had to stay within that area. And I mean, we shared a fifteen-minute segment, so I think we got to ride it for like five or six minutes. But it we was actually cool. discussed doing that the yeah. next time we're at Castaway. Well, they, they have uh, they have the off-road. Uh, Segway that they did over at Fort Wilderness for as an experiment, and uh, that they they go in through the trails and stuff. So that 
that's going to be cool yeah, if they well, come back. With yeah, that, that ended that ended this past Saturday. Yeah. The guy told us, but they're 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 evaluating it to see if they want to bring it back. Yeah, I hope so. Which uh, which I think would be cool. Our segways actually had a uh, a governor on it, which limits how fast you can go. The maximum speed is like twelve and a half miles, and ours went six. And you know, I'm if kinda, you went too fast, I'm always trying to push the, the limit. bar would push back on your stomach, so it, you knew you were going too fast. And so I it was doing that, that to several me the times. whole time. The whole time, <laughs> of course, it was. I'm going backwards. And you know how hard it is for him to follow the rules. There was the guy. He <laughs> very, said very intimately. The, well, yes. The beginning of of the whole little uh, introduction. He he's like, okay, I know there's going to be one of you when I say everyone gather around. You'll be straggling. You'll be off somewhere else. Sorry, was, Bob. <laughs> Just poked him. Yeah. But I was very good. But I actually told Corey when it was over with, said, you stayed with the group. I'm like, I'm so proud of you. You followed the rules. Oh, man. Yeah. It was tough. He, he didn't tell me it was hard, though. <laughs> Sounds like fun. It, it, was, it was a lot of fun. We want to do it again, but we would like to do it. I wish they had like a, a next level, like maybe a mm-hmm. moderate level or intermediate level where we don't have to go through the whole training. hour training. I'd like to spend two hours in a world showcase, you yeah. know, going crazy. Like something where you can say, I've already been through the training portion right. of it. Now yeah. let me just go. Maybe that's and something in the future. Set up like a little area they blocked off with cones that we could like have like free ride in. But for 10 people in this little area, it, it really wasn't a lot of space, I didn't think, for us to be free riding around. Felt like a hamster just going. <laughs> Everybody's going around in a circle. So what do you think of it in terms of value for the money? Is it Excellent. worth it? Yes. If for us, it's for us with the discount, it came to one hundred forty-four dollars, and, and the discount was through fifteen percent with the annual pass. With the annual pass. So, I, I I'd do it again. I would definitely. It, it was a lot of fun. It, it was great um, going through having the whole world shake, showcase to yourself on a Segway, and everyone just stares because you you're in a line, you know, and you just see all these ten Segways coming through, you know. You get a lot of looks because when you leave um, interventions, you leave, you go towards the land side. So there's a lot of people like race into Soren, so you do have to go Watch through yourself. go through the crowd before you get to the world show they taught us how to stop quickly in case anyone ran out in front of us now yeah. you know what it's like for cot cam <laughs> oh, yeah. except you're sitting yeah i'm going faster too and it, you know it balances very well it's actually made to really balance you you're standing on a gyroscope you know yeah. and, and so when you're um when you see people first get on they're going frontwards backwards frontwards backwards they're trying to balance themselves the best way to ride this thing is don't balance yourself. Just stand there. L- yeah. Let it do. Let it do the work for you. That's when you like when you lean forward, or you actually just press your toes forward. Yeah, that's what I like. It it goes forward to try to compensate for your unbalance. Because I was under the impression that you would have to lean your whole body oh, yeah. back. It's very subtle. In front. Yeah. But all you had to just move your toes. So basically, you're just flexing your feet. Wow. We enjoyed it. It was great. Yeah. It seems like it. I recommend it for anybody. you and Walter should go do it. It is so fun. No, I, you, you have no idea how spastic I am on things like that. <laughs> I will, I'll be an ICU. You don't I'll end up in like in the lagoon or something. There was a lady, one lady I noticed who was really unsure at first, and she, you know they worked with her one on one, you know, and they made her feel a lot more comfortable, and she did very well. No, I'd be like crazy queen, mows down fourteen people in that showcase. <laughs> we were in celebration. Out of my way. <laughs> we were in celebration one day, and they had modified one for a gentleman who was an amputee. He sat on his. They had put a bicycle seat on it. Wow. They had put like a, a pole and a bicycle seat on it, and he was an amputee, and he used that instead of a wheelchair. He was in Starbucks getting coffee. That's so cool. Yeah, it was very cool. Very hmm. cool. Well, that's great. Great report, guys. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thanks to Claudia for actually you know, putting yes. that in our ear. Absolutely. Love those suggestions. I did want to mention also there was another tour called the uh, Simply Segway. It's $35 per person. Sunday through Monday, Wednesday through Saturday at 11.30, and that is just the training part of the tour. You just do the hour inside, and then that's it. So Great. Well, thanks very much. Appreciate it. And we're going to move on to our next segment, and Kevin Close is going to tell us his thoughts of the 50s Primetime ca- Cafe at Disney MGM Studio. Oh, excuse me, Disney's Hollywood Studios. Well, that doesn't start until January That's right, January 1st, doesn't start. So you can still say that. So uh, this is one of my, this has always been one of my, my favorite places. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what, uh, what Kevin has to say about it. We had a really good time. Good. Yay. Um, we were taken to task for not understanding that Whispering Canyon was as much about the show as it was about the food. And what I tried to explain to people was we didn't get a show. We had a couple of straws thrown at us, and that was it. There was no show, and the food was horrible. Right. I can say that at 50's Primetime Cafe, we got the show, which compensated for the lackluster food. 
we had a waiter, uh, un- or cousin Fred, George, uh, whose real name was George, but he told us his name was cousin Fred. Oh, okay. And I have to give him all the props in the world. He understood that we were four adults, and he brought the level of the show up to our level. Kind of calmed down his uh, comments. His humor was a little more adult-oriented. I don't want to give the impression that this was off-color. Right. It was just more aimed at adults. Uh, but we watched him with people next to us who had kids, and he became much more animated, and it was a higher level. He had them more involved, but he was aiming at his at kids. And I watched the other servers working around us, and they did the same thing. There was a table not too far from us where they had a lot of small children, and the the waitress actually was sitting on the booth with them and had them all singing. So I'm really glad mm-hmm. that they do that, you know, because I wouldn't have sang, you know. <laughs> You know what I mean? It wasn't an across the board thing. So I also have to say that the food or the theming at 50s Primetime Cafe to me is brilliant. I found curtains that I like. I would love to know where they bought them. I would literally buy them for our house. Uh, Do you want to talk a little bit about what the, what the theme in the show is? The for those theme, that don't know. The theme of the show is uh, 50s television shows. You're in everybody's kitchen. On the, tel- on the table with you is a television set showing clips and things from the 50s and actually 60s. Dennis the Menace. Yeah. Topper. Uh, Topper. Uh, I Married Joan. I Married Joan, With which like, you never get to see anymore. Never. Um, the one thing missing from these clips is there's no Lucy clips, which I thought was really kind of weird. I thought the same thing when we were there over Copyright. the summer. And I think Copy. it must be, yeah. Uh, I mean, she's in syndication licensing. everywhere. But uh, old Dick Van Dyke clips and... The details, I, I cannot tell you how many times John said, oh, we had that in our house. Yep. Oh, we had that it's in our like house. It's like being at a, yeah. my, same, my kitchen at, same back every, home. Every, every time I'm in there. And what's, well, sorry to interrupt you, but what's brilliant about it is it's not like you're being brought into a museum of these things. It's like they've actually recreated what it's like to be there at that time and the feeling of these are the actual furniture and this is the yep. knickknacks and and the way that the things are set up. So it's not like you're, you're being brought back into a, a dusty you know, museum of this time period. You're actually being transported back. When we first sat down, our waiter explained that the people sitting next to us were their cousin, or our cousins, but don't talk to them because their mouths were full. And they weren't allowed to play until after they had eaten, which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, they went through the whole thing about eating your vegetables, and me- they brought uh, silverware and napkins to the table, and he handed them to me, and he said, don't touch the eaten end. Which I also thought was funny. I was supposed to pass out the silverware. Uh, We ordered, and our meal started out really good. We were really impressed. And we went in there knowing that I'm of the belief that once Disney puts that much thought into theming, they stop thinking about food. Yeah. And we went in kind of with that attitude. We always try and go in open-minded, but when you're in someplace that well-themed, you have to think that that's where the, the emphasis is. We started with a bowl of chicken noodle soup, and we actually ordered three of the five appetizers available to us. There was a bowl of chicken noodle soup, which was very good. It's a broth as opposed to a creamy soup. It was just terrific. It had big, wide egg noodles in it. We ordered the beer-battered onion rings with horseradish, horseradish sauce. That's hard to say. My mouth just watered when you said that. They were really good <laughs> also. But the highlight was the fried herb cheese. Mm. And... It's a little, what a crab cake should look like, and it's, it's, it's got some like a like a almost like a cracker crust on it, and you uh, break into it, and there's a soft cheese inside to spread. Now, the bread that they brought us was inedible. Well, John ate it. <laughs> I couldn't bite into it. Really, it was that hard. And I said to the waiter, who was very funny, I said, um. Do you have anything softer than that? He said, well, that is actually the way they send it out. It's baked to be that way. It's supposed to be almost like a cracker, and it was much more brick-like as far as I was concerned. And he did bring us some soft Parker House rolls to eat with our cheese. Oh, that's cool. They were really good. The appetizers were terrific. So we were kind of on the upswing. We thought, wow, this is a, a really good sign. There were four of us. We only ordered three meals, however. We ordered the, we were told that the grilled, I'm sorry, excuse me, the golden fried chicken was a house specialty. So we ordered that. 
we ordered the old fashioned pot roast. Oh, that's like my favorite. And yeah, me too. John got the top sirloin steak. These were not as successful. I've never had the steak. Really? The fried chicken is Banquet Stouffer's Swanson fried chicken. And while it wasn't bad, it's frozen fried chicken. And it is now. I, yeah. I, I disagree. It's, I like. I liked it. I've I had that. For, it. I, almost every time I go in there, I have the fried chicken. It's definitely not Stouffer's. We've had it, and and you bite into it, and when you when you purchase a frozen chicken, the bone is black. Yeah. And when you got to the bone, the bone was frozen. Really? It was actually like the dark color of being frozen. And John used to be a food chemist. I never knew that until he told me you can tell this oh. is frozen chicken by the fact that the food was black. Wow. It wasn't bad. But well, it, it they don't fry it and freeze it. You're talking about it was just a frozen chicken. They defrost it and then fry it. No, this was like you ever buy frozen banquet chicken in the No. I don't even know I don't even know what that is. It's the pre battered, pre cooked chicken and then you bring it home and you no. heat it in the oven. I've never seen that. That's mm-hmm. what this was. You can buy it right in your frozer freezer section. And however, I get you know, I don't mean to keep stepping on you. It wasn't bad. It wasn't like, oh I have to spit this out and not eat it. It just that's what it was. And what about I, the pot roast? Wait, I'm not there yet. I question that because it's $15. Yeah. Now, the really bad part was the mashed potatoes that came with it. And I'm not even sure they were potatoes. They were a dark hmm. beige color, almost brown, with gravy over the top that had healed. I know. <laughs> Congealed, right? I had a film over the top. Right. This, yeah. And it was... They were just, they tasted watery. They tasted like wallpaper paste. And I'm not Ew. exaggerating to be funny. It had that pasty kind of not potato texture to it. These were instant potatoes for sure. And we switched out green beans for uh, the southern greens, which I don't like collard greens, which is what I was told they were. But we switched to the green beans. So while it was it was okay, I, I think... I'll get to what I think in a minute. John ordered the top sirloin steak, which is a char grilled and topped with sautéed mushrooms, a bit of green peppers, and served with a root vegetable hash. Now, I only had a bite of it. I'm going to let you tell him. Let him tell you what he thought. It was possibly the worst steak I ever had. In really, my life. it tasted like liver. Oh. I've it never was had that steak vile. Thing. Was it thin? Was it a thin no, steak? No, it was a thick. It actually looked beautiful. It was a thick steak. It was beautifully browned. It was cooked to perfection. It tasted like liver. It was mm. absolutely. You think atrocious. it was something that they did in the seasoning of it? I don't know if it was seasoned. I don't know if it was stored uh, next to the liver, <laughs> marinated somehow, or cooked on a grill where the where the liver was cooked. I don't know what they did. It was absolutely vile, and the root vegetables tasted like dirt, like they dug it up out of the dirt and didn't wash it, and then cut them up. It was um, potatoes and carrots and turnips. It was just vile. It was just. I would never, ever, and it was $20, don't order it, ever. Now the good news. My dad ordered pot roast. Oh, good. My, good. The pot roast was the hit. Yeah, that's good. Oh, thank um, God. The, it was the, spectacular. There right. is there is good news. See, I am, there. I am jonesing for that fried chicken right now. I love now. the pot roast. I am Fort dying tender. to drive down there oh. and just get that fried Let's chicken right it. now. I Let's love that stuff. Uh, we get fresh fried chicken at Publix, the grocery store oh, no, near Publix our house. Publix is much better. But. And it's six ninety nine, and you get a whole chicken. <laughs> Uh, this was fourteen ninety nine. Now I understand that this isn't a theme park, but we always go back to it costs the it costs money to serve what they served. I, I don't understand if they can spend this much time on theming why they can't bump this up a notch. Regular mashed potatoes are not hard to make, and I can't believe they're any more expensive than making instant mashed potatoes. So I'm of the belief that you can serve good food for the same price that you can serve bad food. I can't get over they don't fry their chicken fresh. It's really blowing my mind. Yeah. You know, I, I, I can't tell you if this was, uh, maybe it was an isolated incident. Because this was something that I could actually recognize as being a frozen chicken. Mm. Again, as I say, he's a food chemist. And I didn't understand about the whole right. black bone thing yeah, until he told me. Moving ahead. At the end of our meal... Uh, there were some vegetables left on my plate. Uh-oh. And our, got, uh, uh-oh. our waiter was very funny. Now, again, he was he tailored what he was doing to adults. Mm. And he he looked down at me and he said, you didn't eat your vegetables. That's bad. And walked away and came back and he had taken the vegetables off my plate and put whipped cream and chocolate sauce on top of them. Slapped them on the table and said, now eat them. <laughs> 
we all cracked up. It was yeah. very, funny. very funny. He was, and I, you know what? It was one of those little touches. It made the mediocre food okay, palatable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. It it saved what wasn't a great meal. There were parts of it that were very good. There were parts of it that I think, and again, it's not that any of our food was inedible. I thought the food at Whispering Canyon Cafe was inedible. We didn't eat. We left someplace else and ate. I didn't think this food was like that. I would call this food middle of the road at theme park prices. We ordered a dessert, and I thought both of them were very, very successful. We ordered the s'mores, s'mores which yeah. is a graham cracker with chocolate and marshmallow on top of it. Everybody got a little bit of it to taste it. And as long as you're expecting s'mores, you got s'mores. And I, I love the uh, the way they give you the dessert menu and a viewfinder. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah an yeah. old-fashioned Viewmaster. An old sticky thing. Viewmaster, Viewmaster. <laughs> yeah, I don't like touching that thing. It's pretty sticky. Ours, ours was actually clean. I know yeah. what you're talking about. I've been there before when it's been gross, but it's actually was clean. <laughs> you're I was a, like this. <laughs> <I have laughs> onion ring hanging off the side. Uh, I was a Viewmaster. I was a Viewmaster freak when I was a kid. I loved Viewmaster. I did too. That's so funny. I still. That's because mine. it was like the technology then. Yeah, right. that yeah. was three D. Julie, didn't you say last time we were there you found two girls hiding out in the ladies' room because they didn't want to get yelled at? Yeah, because I got fish? yelled at, well, and he didn't. He didn't cover mine in chocolate. Well, see, he learn, was just mean. You got to learn what to do. I didn't learn, like I, it. I've done this. I've done this twice now. I've done it once to my nephew. I've done it once to Bob. Yeah. When you don't, because I'm I don't like vegetables. I'm just not a vegetable guy. And so what I do is, like, I said to Bob, Bob, what the heck is that over there? And he turns around, and then while he's turned around, I just dump my vegetables <laughs> on his plate. Yeah. And then when, the, when he tries to tell the waiter that, you know, no, those were his, I'm like, they are not. They are yours. You didn't eat them. Well, I did. And my, time... my nephew, James, I did this to my nephew, James, when he was, like, 14, when he was down here. And, you know, James is 24, 25 now. He still remembers that. Because he, he made still... him, the waitress made him stand in the corner. Yeah, he had to stand, he in, had the stand in the corner. That's funny. Now, that's what I mean about tailoring it to the situation. And he's like, why did you do that? I said, because I pay for your vacation, and that was my entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> we then, gave back the green beans, and he said, didn't you like them? And we said, well, they were a little bit hard. And he goes, you people are complainers. <laughs> so, you know, he while not going overboard with it for us, he included us in it. It was very good. The other day when we walked into the park, it was 100 degrees outside. Yeah. So I had had my third diet soda before the end of the meal and he leaned down and he whispered in my ear you're going to have to sleep in the bathtub tonight which yeah. I thought was very funny Yeah. so we also had an apple cobbler with uh, vanilla ice cream and whipped cream mm. a serviceable dessert I would say there's good and there's mediocre on this menu we enjoyed it we had a really good time everybody came out thinking this was fun, fun. Yeah. and I think that's what it should be so I do understand that the theming and the show is part of your meal. And I can understand why people say it's okay to get mediocre food when you have fun anyway. Again, that's not the case that we had at Whispering Canyon Cafe. It, was, it just came across as rude, rushed, and not fun. This was. Our check for four of us. Now, there were three entrees. Uh, there were three appetizers, two desserts. I think we had a coffee and a diet soda. And the check was eighty eight dollars hmm. with the dining Disney dining. Now they haven't yet for how many people for four of us. But that one, was one person didn't have an entree. Right. That was oh, okay. for three entrees, three appetizers, two desserts, and two beverages, but not alcohol, just coffee and soda. And the check was eighty eight dollars with the Disney dining card. It, the Disney dining express, not the dining plan. What was it? Seventy one dollars. I think it was seventy one dollars after the discount. Wow! And no, it was less than that because it was like sixteen bucks off, so it was sixty two or something. Even if you just consider that it was three adults, three adults eating dinner, right, uh, on Disney property in a theme park, and it was it was an enjoyable way to spend the afternoon. Again, I think Disney could step it up. Now, this kitchen is shared between Hollywood and Vine. And the 50s Primetime Cafe. They share the same kitchen. They're separated by a hallway where the restrooms are. So it's literally the same building themed in two different ways. I would like to see them step this up a notch. This was, they could make this so fantastic that any roadside diner would serve fresh mashed potatoes and good fried chicken. Mm -hmm. If you're going to call this... The premier entree, and that's what he told me. This is what we're famous for. Yep, yep. It's my opinion that whether you like it or not, it could be brought up a step 
Mama better be in the back slaving over some flour and some hot grease. And that's what... (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Okay, Paula Dean. (laughs) So... I like the meatloaf uh, dinner they have. You know, I was going to get the meatloaf, and I decided to try the steak. I mean, you've always had a good... Big, big mistake. Yeah, Don't yeah the it. steak was a real disaster. <sighs> the chicken wasn't a disaster. It, it got eaten. Yeah. Yeah. But it could be better. I think if you're going to have steak at MGM, it should be at Brown Derby. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to tell you, it was really hard for me to walk into that restaurant knowing that I could go... Yeah. 70 feet away and be in the Brown Derby. So my opinion is, this is... It's worth your time. Just order right. You know, pick and choose, and I think you could have a good time and a good meal. Pot roast, pot roast. I also liked it was extremely clean. Oh, yeah, it was spotless. I was shocked. It was packed and spotless. Yeah. I really am impressed by that. I'm done. Great. Wonderful. And Melissa thinks we should name this the Close Encounter from now on. One of our listeners, Melissa. I came up with that name. I know, but yeah, I, I you're not like, one of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Melissa I, I came up with that name out a few months ago. Close encounters of the kitchen kind, <laughs> of the dining kind, something. Gastro-economical. <laughs> I really just told you that so I could say Melissa's name. Gastro-economical. <laughs> you're just on top of it. You are. You are. I like that. Close me. encounters of the dining kind. <laughs> Actually, that's exactly the name she came up with. And really? I just brought that up because I so I could say Melissa's name. She tortures me. all right folks that will do it for us this week we hope you enjoyed the show and we will be back with you again next tuesday another edition of the diz unplugged roundtable you have a great week